0: You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts, Daniel Wagner and Lee Molendorf, battle the forces of evil by lobbying fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. On November 5th, 2017, a man by the name of Devin Patrick Kelly walked into the First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs in Texas wearing tactical gear and carrying a military style assault rifle opening fire and killing 26 Christians and injuring 24 others. After being shot by a gun-carrying church neighbor, Kelly fled the church and was later found dead in his vehicle. So there's so many different directions my mind goes when I hear this and I and I look at the details and I look at what other people are saying about this particular incident. And I almost have to wonder, did you find yourself feeling almost numb to this? Like, when I first heard about the incident going on, my first initial thought was, well, here we go. Here's another one. Everybody's going to go to their social media channels and pray for the victims and change their profile pictures. And there's the same played out routine that we see time and time and time and time again. Like, I think back to the Columbine massacre when those two kids went into the school and shot a bunch of people and. I remember wall-to-wall news coverage for months thereafter, everybody trying to pick it apart and analyze it. It was so random, so out of the ordinary. It ruined trench coats for people. You couldn't wear trench coats for so long because of it. I mean, because it would remind people and trigger them into remembering this event. So then with these constant shootings going on i find myself getting numb to to the news when i hear it and that's kind of a scary thought i mean as long as it's not like in my backyard i feel kind of somehow insulated against it even though we're dealing with a population in this country of over 300 million people it seems like these events keep happening more and more frequently So as this monster was going through shooting people in church, methodically going pew to pew and shooting people, he was reported to have targeted people who showed fear and weakness. Like it almost irritated him if somebody was afraid and couldn't control their feelings and couldn't hide it. So he ended up targeting children more so than the adults because the adults could kind of managed to play dead, so to speak. And the, the kids, they, they're they afraid. They're freaking out. They don't know how to handle this, which only irritated the shooter even more. And after all was said and done, Kelly managed wiping out 7% of the entire population of that community. I mean, think about it. That That is a tiny, small community. And probably the biggest meetings they had, the, the time when the mo- majority of the population got together was during church service. I mean, imagine if 7%, almost one out of every 10 people you know in your community are no longer with you today. So the more I hear about the grisly details of what actually happened within those church walls, I do experience less numbness. I do have the empathy to imagine myself or my own children being put in that situation and being Subject to having nowhere to go, nowhere to run, nothing you can do, except just hope and pray that nothing's going to happen to you, that maybe you make it through. And thank goodness for the gentleman by the name of Stephen Williford, who, after I watched the 37-minute interview on the Stephen Crowder show, had me in tears on multiple times. It's just... Hearing this, this humble man talking about how he was terrified and going into this, going into this situation, not knowing what to expect. Luckily, having the equipment and having an assault rifle that he could actually engage the guy. I mean, listen to the, listen to this clip here, so you can kind of get a sense of where where this guy's coming from.
1: If I had run out of the house, and maybe this is a political plug or whatever. But if I had run out of the house with a pistol and faced bulletproof vests and Kevlar helmets, it might have been futile. Right, I know, I can't. And, and, and I ran out with an AR-15 and that's what he was shooting the place up with. Right, and it's. And, and I, I hate to politicize that, but that's reality. Yeah. No, listen, and thank God that you did. And I, I don't want to draw any kind of politicization out of you. The me- Unfortunately, the media is already doing it. Um, right before we came on here was Slate saying, well, this actually isn't true, this narrative, because the shooting was over. And you know what? Listen, I will do this since you don't want to, because you're, you're so kind and want to focus on, on rebuilding and helping. Um, when people say, why do you need an AR-15? When people say, why do you need X amount of rounds? This is why Stephen Williford is wise, because you cannot take into account what a good person with a firearm, what a good person who obeys the law, who wants to help his neighbors, who knows his neighbors names, who wants to go out and save their lives or even needs to save. his. You cannot take all of those factors into account. And so that's why you don't have the ability or right to remove a man like this his right to protect himself. And thank God that you did, man. I mean, I don't know anyone now who would say, I sure wish Stephen Williford didn't have an AR-15. I think there are a lot of people hitting their knees tonight, thanking the Lord for you.
0: And there's a lot of people wondering, how in the world did this guy even get a gun in the first place? I mean, with the track record that he had, there's, there's no possible way he should have even been legally allowed to own a firearm. So Stefan Molyneux had this to say in his video titled, The Texas Church Shooting Aftermath.
2: There were three main reasons why he should never have, legally should not have had access to guns. The first is that he he pled guilty to an incident of domestic abuse in which he, quote, struck his wife by beating her with his hands, kicking her, as well as choking her and forcefully pulling her hair, end quote, and the beating of a child under 16 and a lot under 16. He hit the child, quote, on the head and body with a force likely to produce death or grievous bodily harm. And these incidents were between 2011 and 2012. There were three additional charges that I assume, based on a plea bargain, were withdrawn and dismissed. This is the allegation that the shooter, back in the day, uh, struck a child as well as assaulted and threatened his wife by pointing both loaded and unloaded firearms at her.
0: Not to mention that the U.S. Air Force had failed to file the proper paperwork, and this is why his record came up clean of all those charges. So what we're dealing with is somebody with a huge past history of violence. The abuse of his ex-wife and the cracked skull of his 11-month-old infant stepson. He was actually court-martialed in 2012 for these charges, and he spent a year In military prison received a bad conduct discharge from the Air Force in 2014. Incidences like this break my heart. And everybody wants to focus on the gun control issue. This has never been a gun control issue. Joe Rogan does an excellent job of pinpointing the real issue.
3: And if there was a gun problem the way a lot of people like to pretend there's a gun problem or the way they like to, I shouldn't say pretend, because obviously there's an issue, um, the way they like to categorize it, there would be people shooting people en masse all day long, every day. It would be impossible to go out of the house without looking for gunfire. That's not the case. When well, you think about how many people are there are and how many guns there are and how statistically rare it is that these things happen. It, it shows you, and then you factor in how many of these people are on antidepressants, uh, how many of these people are being weaned off of antidepressants. Those numbers are terrifying because when you look at the correlation, and you know, correlation does not equal causation, there's a, there's a weird argument, but it's an undeniable factor that has to be at least debated and discussed. There are so many fucking people in this country on disassociating meds on things that allow you to get away with you you can justify and do and 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 act in horrific ways and not exactly know what the fuck you're doing.
0: So I think Joe is completely correct in this particular aspect is the fact that we don't we don't have a gun problem in this country. We have a mental health issue. We have people on meds all the damn time, like you said, disassociative meds. Matter of fact, it was uh, reported that uh, the shooter in this Texas church was on psych meds from grade 6 to 9. This is some of the child's most formative years. Y- if you really want to solve the issue here, you got to stop looking at the damn guns. It's like trying to blame spoons and forks for the reason people are fat. It's like, okay, no, that, that's just a tool people use. That's all a gun is. It's just a tool. I don't see why people can't seem to get this through their thick heads. I, I, don't, I don't get it. If you really want to solve the problem, let's start looking at behaviors. Start looking at childhoods. Start looking at how they were parented, how they were raised, what kind of community they were brought up in. I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, his parents, Michael and Rebecca Kelly, need to be held under magnifying glass. You know, monsters like their son don't just mysteriously appear in a vacuum. My question is, what did they do to him? What did they not do to him? It seems like in these situations where children who come up in pretty decent, uh, decent wealth tend to have an issue with being neglected. Parents are so focused on making money and buying the kids off and not actually paying attention to them that being neglected comes out being worse than being abused. It's like a kid who is well behaved and has a lot of attention and a lot of love. They're not acting out, but if there's getting ignored and if they find the only way they can get attention from their parents is by misbehaving they'll do that because it's much better for them to be abused than it is for them to be ignored to be ignored means certain death to be ignored means you don't exist another question i have is 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 it possible that much of the anger was pointed toward friends and family and community because as he's coming up they sat back did nothing said nothing they didn't, they didn't help as he was being abused or mistreated or, or, or when he was being put on those psych meds from 6th grade to ninth grade. It's like running through the damn streets while you're being shot at, screaming for help, and everybody's just got their cell phones out recording you. Nobody's lifting a finger to help you. They watch. They see. They know. They don't do anything. I honestly think in every single one of these cases that keep coming up, if we were to take the time to look at the troubled past, th- that's where we're going to find our answers. That the likelihood of these children just coming up and just deciding they want to kill people for no fucking reason, then... For fu- I, I, everybody tries to blame the video games. Everybody tries to blame the guns. Everybody tries to blame every single thing they can, except for the actual problem. I'm not trying to excuse what this person did, but it is important to take the time to try to actually figure it out. That's what everybody's looking for. Even during the Las Vegas shooting, that's what everybody wanted. That's all they want, to be able to make sense of it in their own minds. Because maybe then there's a chance you can avoid it next time. If there's somebody around you in your community, in your neighborhood, that's following the same behaviors, then maybe you can answer the question. Maybe you can see the the potential threat before it becomes one. And it scares people worse not having those answers. So you take a second and ask yourself in your heart of hearts, is this really a gun issue? If you're out there calling for more gun control, are you comfortable with putting all of the guns in the control of uh, President Trump? He's your mortal enemy. Why would you want to put all the guns in his hands? There's no such thing as gun control. There's just redistributing who has control of the guns. So before you go on Twitter next time this happens, which I hate to say it is fair certainty, start blathering about, we need gun control. No, we don't. We don't need gun control. And you start throwing up your hashtags about the Second Amendment. Take a second and realize that maybe that's not the issue at all. Maybe you're wasting your damn time focusing on the wrong issues. And maybe, just maybe, if you see a child around you who's being neglected or mistreated, maybe you can be the one to stand up and say something and change the trajectory of that child's life. That's how you solve these problems. By speaking up. Wow, was that not the best Gasm, you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.